Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the SC Report. We're previewing round eight this week. It's winning here, um, very jet lagged after returning home from Brazil um, quite early in the morning. And on the other end of the line, we've got JT, who's been carrying the load without me over the last week or so. And um, you're in Cairns, mate. Mate, I'm in the great far north, cowboy country. I'm back. You're you're back in the homeland, in the motherland, I should say. (laughs) I'd love to say it's nice and sunny, but I'm looking out my hotel window at horrible cloud and rain. This is not what I signed up for. Jeez, rain. Oh, it's really, it is typifying the bloody Cowboys season, though. It's it is. And, and tell me, how, how far away are you from the casino right now? Uh, if I just open the curtains slightly, I can see the Reef Hotel Casino staring at me in the face. That's that's not a good thing, mate. It's not a good far thing. too convenient, far too dangerous. But anyway, speaking of dangerous, you made it back. I, I did. Was, uh, we were talking stake bets whether you'd make it back for life. Well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, made it back. Um, well, there were a couple of dicey situations, but managed to um, get home safely. One of the boys got pickpocketed, um, got his phone stolen, but um, that was the worst of what happened. So I think we, I mean, you've been to Rio multiple times, so you, I mean, you're fully aware of it. But um, mate, it is a beautiful place. That is, it cops a bad rap um, with all the. Uh, stuff you hear and, and see in movies and stuff, but no, it is a beautiful place. And of course, um, soft spot for Brazilians, as I'm dating once. <laughs> I'll be back there this year, actually, for, for Christmas. So looking forward. I've got to tune up my Portuguese. I don't, suppo- I don't suppose you want to do this pod in, in Portuguese? Obrigado. <laughs> Uh, bem-vindo de volta. I think we had someone on the we had someone on the site say that they um, appreciated my uh, little farewell to you in Portuguese before you left. So maybe we could uh, be launching into a Brazilian market. If you did a if you did any work over there, uh, handing out Supercoach stat flyers or something like that, you never know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Who knows where the NRL Supercoach Talk flag will be flying next? Potentially. Brazil. Um, I'll have to check our ACAR settings to see if there's any listeners over there. It'd probably just be me. I know we do have uh, a regular listener in Mongolia, mate. We've got uh, a, a, mate, a, a mutual friend of ours who downloads the episode each week from, from there. So a quick shout out to Tom. Thanks for uh, keeping it real uh, in uh, and one of the OGs of the NRL Supercoach talk site as well. And he's back on board. He's in, you know, he's in our work league, isn't he? So he's, he's doing okay, but yeah, I don't think Mongolians are as... Um, uh, up to date with their super coach knowledge, but maybe that'll uh, maybe that'll change. Yes, but I mean, easily, the gospel. 
Easily persuaded, mate. The Mormons have been there for a long time trying to persuade them, so maybe uh, TG can be over there trying to uh, spread the gospel of rugby league and get more people playing Supercoach, which would be fantastic. Um, yeah, so back, um, a little bit sad, mate. As I said, I loved Rio. It's a fantastic place. Just laid on the beach for over a week and a bit and um, drinking cheap beers. It's, uh, it's not a bad life. No, it doesn't sound awful at all while we were slaving away doing your work, but it's good to have you back, buddy. Thanks, mate. And, uh, well, last year when I went away for the big trip, um, my rankings uh, slid very, very quickly just with the the time zone shift and all that kind of stuff. It is quite hard to stay on top of it. I mean, I I got caught out numerous times while we've been here just with the the games being at very awkward hours. But amazingly, mate, I've managed to actually improve my rankings while I've been away. So... um, I mean, I'm just as surprised as anyone, to be honest. <laughs> back, in, back in the top 1K, I did not expect that. I was expecting a huge blowout. <laughs> Super coach season's done. And you already had the excuse lined up that you were overseas. So it sounds like you thought that one through. But no, well done. Well done, mate. And probably a quick shout out to the entire Young Legends League, the league that we've got going with a few of the contributors for the site there. So we're actually ranked sixth somehow in, <laughs> in the overall standing. So that's that's incredible, given some of the... Uh, scores that I've been churning out this year and a few others. So, miracle that we're up there. Yeah, still got Toby Sangster languishing in the top 20,000 or 30,000, mate. It's really pulling down our league ranking. So, come on, Tommy. Lift, son. Lift. Um, <laughs> what What about the rest of the rankings of the contributors? I see you've put that up there in the run sheet. Do you just want to run through who um, is within the top 1,000? Don't have to talk about me again, but there's a couple other boys there. Yeah, so number one in flying the flag for Supercoach Talk is Carlos, Carlos the Dwarf. Uh, He's currently 205th and absolutely flying. Uh, Close behind him, he slipped up a little this week as he let everyone know on the Sunday pod, but Nick, he's still in the top 1K and he's 533rd, but that's a week-to-week proposition there. How long will it last? Um, Stylesy, uh, the late male guru, is 658th, and of course yourself 752nd. So that's that's the reason we're up at uh, at sixth, mate. And then below that, we've got some of the the chain draggers. So Wilfred, 2,200th odd. Cirque, the weatherman, 2,990th, and Semi Beerponga. 3,181st. And ta-da, ta-da, last. <laughs> oh, that JT guy, yeah, he knows absolutely nothing and is sitting in 3.9K. But Shocking. on the rise, on the rise, made up about 3,000 spots this week. So I'm back, I'm flying, I'll catch you soon, mate. Yeah, all right, well, I'm, I won't be holding my breath anyway. <laughs> the footsteps are coming, buddy. Absolutely. Okay, let's get straight into the team news. So there's a heap going on at the Broncos at the moment. And um, I mean, this really caught uh, me by surprise. And I was um, one of um, uh, the best man at the wedding who I was um, hanging out with last week. He's a big Broncos fan. And um, yeah, we'll just, uh, we actually watched the Raiders game. I think it was, it was the morning, well, the early morning post the Bucks at um, 3 a.m. And uh, we watched the, the Raiders game and it wasn't that enjoyable. But um, yeah, extremely surprised with the news of the last couple of days that Cody Nicarima looks like he's heading to the Warriors and James Roberts also rumoured to be um, leaving the Broncos over the next couple of weeks, although that's that seems le- maybe less likely than the Nicarima. He, he looks firmly out the door at the moment. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it, doesn't it? The Warriors seem to be throwing a lot of cash at him and I don't think they'd have too much competition for his signature based on how he's gone, but obviously they've seen... 
something in him. He's a New Zealand boy, and um, yeah, he's a very interesting one um, for CHT. So whether he he um, gets moved on if if Cody goes over there, but no. So that means Tom Dearden comes in for his first game. He's got huge wraps on him, um, so he'll be. An interesting one uh, over the coming weeks, given he'll be hitting his third game uh, by that round 11, I think it is. So, round 10 or 11. So, yeah, what do we do there? Yeah, round, so round, yeah, 10, he, round 10, he'll be, um, I guess, on the bubble there to bring him in. But potentially CHT straight down to Dearden is the move if Nikarima mm-hmm. does take over that starting halves role. Yeah, easy one there. Or... Yeah, I've got no idea. I've tried to find out a little bit today about Dylan Brown, who we'll get to later, and I can find nothing. So plenty of people have still got him uh, taking up space in the squad. So, yeah, always good to have another cheapie on the lookout. Yep. So your boys, mate, they're struggling big time this year. And, uh, I mean, I wrote in my team's analysis that Paul Green, um, he must be under a bit of pressure, hey? I think so. I think you can't go two seasons like we have um, with some of the, the names in our squad and not expect scrutiny. So I think that's that's fair enough. But he's he's proven himself beforehand. So uh, this will be the first true real test of his coaching career. So really he hasn't done too much to the side that wasn't uh, sort of already uh, decisions made up for him with Tamara Martin's unfortunate uh, bleeding on the brain uh, injury. So horrible news for TMM, but... That's forced Jordan Kahu back to fullback and uh, Tom Opachik to come in to centres. So, yeah, he's as disastrously as we've been going. It's not like he's um, you know, changing too much, which is quite interesting and a little frustrating as a Cowboys fan. We've got a lot of uh, older heads in the squad who maybe aren't performing as they should be. So whether or not he's got the cojones to make those sort of big calls will probably make or break his career up here. Yeah. Sounds about right, but I don't know who they've got to come through, really. It seems like they've probably got their... And maybe that's where he's struggling with. I mean, one guy they do have to come back into the side is Tamalolo. But um, what are you hearing? How far away is he? Is he a likely inclusion this week or still maybe one or two weeks away? I think I'd put money on him being back this week. So I read a little bit on uh, Twitter from a journal up in Townsville that he was running quite well um, at training. So all signs look good. He was relatively close last week, as I understand, to making the, the game against the Bulldogs. But um, obviously, given his importance to the side, they're not wanting to, to rush him back. But the longer he stays out, the longer the season seems to get. So I don't think we'll have uh, too many options. But yeah, and he's an interesting one. He's got 108 break even. So even if he does play this week, you've got a couple of weeks to look at him uh, with that uh, Broncos score to roll out of his average still. So I think by the time he gets back, he'll be a definite one to watch for round 12. Yeah, absolutely. So if he comes back this week, then it's you know that's it's almost perfect timing to trade him in in a couple of weeks, particularly if for the likes of uh, a Lachlan Burr, who um, will peak either next week or the week after. And that it just seems like a no-brainer of a trade um, to, to make that one. Uh, looking at the Titans, so Jai Whitebread is out after his third game. So that's pretty unfortunate. People brought him in last week before that initial price rise. Jared Wallace is back. Um, but I think that's that's probably really the main news. There's not too much going um, on elsewhere. I mean, there's some other positional things, but not really too much of Supercoach. Mm. Across the rest of the round. Yeah, there's nothing uh, great in that game. So Fodawaka was a, uh, talked about a little bit last week as well. He got a start, but uh, he's back to the bench now and probably to his usual minutes. So uh, sad we miss out there. But yeah, at least... 
on the injury comeback front, there's a few um, in the remaining games. The round, if you want to go through those. Yep. Well, let's just keep going through. So Sharks and the Storm. Um, you got Britton Nakora, who's back from suspension. So that's big news. Cole Flanagan replaces SJ, who was out for four weeks with a hamstring. I guess the issue with Flanagan is that he is... Um, well, he's probably only going to see maybe two price rises before SJ comes back. So he's probably, a, unfortunately, someone you can't really trade in and also doesn't play the round 12, um, misses with the buy. Um, you've got Katoa back in and then Dugan um, is on the extended reserve. So the Sharks have got a massive injury lineup at the moment. So um, they might struggle this all. I think they will definitely struggle this weekend against the Storm. No changes for the Storm. Raiders, mate, you've got your boy Simpson, Sim- the, uh, the Simpson stars. He's back. Um, yeah, that's it. He's back. Back from the dead. Yeah, so apparently he's been playing quite well in the twos. Um, Rapana is out for two to three weeks with a rim injury. So Simpson only played round one, so he's probably going to see maybe one to two price rises. So if you if still held on to him, that's good news. You might see the one. Um, but apart from that, um, you'd think Rapana comes straight back to that side. No changes for the Panthers. Sea Eagles versus the Bulldogs. So there's also massive news here with DCE out for um, four to six weeks with an ankle injury. So that could mean that he doesn't play rounds or the first game, uh, first origin game, um, but potentially could be back for round 12, depending on what happens there, which is interesting news. And you've got a relatively un- inexperienced halves combination. So it's Seagulls now with LG and Croker. Um, AFB is back from suspension, as you've pointed out there. And Abbas Miski, who's someone I don't really know too much about, has replaced George Defour on the wing. So he's a potential cheapie to look forward to in round 12, depending on how long Tafua is out. And then you've got Kurosawa, who has been named despite picking up a calf injury. And that's not good news for people who might have been looking at uh, Finu as a potential replacement for someone like a Josh Hodgson. Yeah, Finu's been on fire to, to start the year, coming off the bench. Um, Sakura's been a little dusty in games, uh, picking up a few niggles here and there. So Finu's been one of probably Manly's best players over the last well, month or so. So he's... Um, I don't know if you remember, he started the year at some ridiculously high price um, because he had such a good run to close out 2018. So his price is sort of leveled a fair bit. But yeah, he was definitely one that people were looking out for. So if Coro went, he probably gets 80 uh, potentially at, at hooker there. And given his attacking prowess, he would have been a, um, a huge pod and a potential big score for round 12. But not to be, Coro's there. Um, possibly touch and go to uh, make the game, but you wouldn't expect him to be out too much longer even if he did miss this week. Yep. And then for the Bulldogs, you've got Kieran Foran looks like he's going to return. Reports today with late mail and maybe also Dylan Upper. They've both been named in the reserves, but both of those guys um, could be late inclusions. Um, Roosters, West Tigers. Uh, so you got Jake Friend who's out for possibly the season with a bicep injury. So Paul Poor guy there, he has, he's had no luck this year. Uh, he's been replaced at hooker by Victor Radley. And Luke Keary and um, Lowe are back as well. Uh, for the Tigers, Benji has replaced Josh Reynolds, who only played, I think, 20 minutes last week before succumbing to injury. He looks like he's out for the next two to four weeks. You've got Lugana back to the bench. Um, he missed last week with a concussion. Chris McQueen retains his starting second row position. That's pretty much it for that game, I think. And then for the Warriors, uh, Knights, which is going to be a uh, an interesting game. I don't know how many people they'll be getting to watch it 
um, at 2pm <laughs> on the, the Sunday. Both sides struggling a bit this year. Um, but you've got Tuovasa Shek, Fusatua, and also Blake Green back. Um, that they're huge inclusions for the Warriors. And interestingly for us, um, Patrick Herbert keeps his spot in the centres. Um, you know, that, that's an interesting one. He uh, was someone that was touted a little bit over the preseason as being um, a cash cow option, and he looks to have held his spot ahead of um, Carter, who's been named in the reserves. Mm. Yeah, he had a really good defensive game against up against Will Chambers um, of the Storm last week. Um, so I don't think he has. He didn't look like he had sort of a massive super coach game, but just from an NRL perspective, he looked um, like pretty much looked like he'd been there for a hundred games, not uh, not one. So uh, good to see him and and putting a bit of pressure on Carter and a few others in that back line, which is good. That's what they they need that badly because some of those guys have coasted this year, as as Nick I think would point out quite quickly to us. Yeah, I mean, I think they they coast every year, don't they? <laughs> they tend to, but they'll they'll go through patches, and it usually happens in Origin time where they just look like world beaters, and then they just close out the season with a, a whimper. But as you said, RTS coming back and, and Blake Green there will help out massively. So, yeah, I reckon this game could be anything. Like the Knights haven't changed their side, so I know a mass change is there. But it's a afternoon game at Mount Smart. Like this could be thirty six to thirty or something crazy. So yeah. Pretty I mean- much- but players could be in for a big one. Here. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that Ponga looms as a potential um, knockout captain selection, and, and so does uh, Tuivasa Shek, um, assuming that he plays. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Keep, uh, keep your captaincy for Sunday, it might be. Next up, we have uh, Eels and Dragons on Sunday, second game at Bank West. Um, so for the Eels, Daniel Alvaro comes back into the rotation. Penny Terrapo shifts to the interchange and Ray Stone drops out. Uh, so no major movements there. While for the Dragons, so big news this week is that ja- uh, Zach Lomax has come into starting centre. Uh, Rabalau has gone to the wing and Ewan Aitken is now the latest of Mary's rotations onto the bench as a... As a backline player, so I don't know what the hell's going on there, and who knows what'll happen going forward. But yeah, I mean, very interesting now for, and we'll talk about him a bit later. But Zach Lomax, uh, does he now suddenly loom as a potential uh, centre wing cheapy with his goal kicking and uh, playing at the centres? Yeah, I mean, it's very, it is quite interesting, and we will touch on that a little bit later on uh, in our two-minute drill. But. Um... Yeah, who knows what, what Mary's doing. I mean, you and I were talking about this earlier today. Um, any other situation, you go Lomax is a must given the price uh, named at centre and potential goal-kicking duties. Um, but who knows what the side will line up next week. So very, very risky selection, uh, but that's huge super coach news. What about the injuries? So we've got a few on the comeback trail this week. Uh, you've got Lolo, who we've spoken about. He's named to the extended bench. You've got Dylan Napa, um, who's named on the extended bench also, but um, could play. Uh, Wade Graham, that's an interesting one for Kurt Capewell owners, and it seems like he won't uh, appear until after the first buy. Um, so we'll speak to Cap- on Capewell a little bit later on as well, but you know that means that maybe potentially that Kurt is not a immediate trade-out option. And then you've got Braden Burns, who is due back in a couple of weeks, which will have Supercoach ramifications as well. Long-termers uh, with Supercoach relevance, we've got Dean Fare out to round 11, Aaron Woods and Nathan Brown out uh, to round 14+. Plus. And then still no word on Chris Lawrence, although I think from memory he was um, 
kept on. I had a look at the injury list a couple of weeks ago, and it said like round seven, round eight, but haven't seen him named yet. And then Dylan Brown is a bit of a mystery. There's not too much word coming out from the Eels at the moment, um, and you know I wouldn't be surprised to see um, him be looked after and, and them take uh, quite a lot of care with. Mm. I mean, I'm holding him in my side, obviously, just in case he, he plays that round 12 bye and, and the fact that until now we haven't really had any um, options to, to downgrade him or anything like that. So, yeah, I had a, a quick look today and couldn't really find too much on him, which is unfortunate. Hopefully it's all going well with that, um, that back. But, yeah, it just doesn't seem like we'll be getting that body for round 12 as we'd hoped. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yep. Okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll be I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Back to get into the meat of the podcast. So before we get into our two-minute drill, JT, let's jump into the Welder's Dog Unpopular Opinion of the Week. So, mate, I know that you've been to Rio a few times, and uh, the beer over there is fantastic, you know, 30 degrees leading into winter. I mean, what a place to be sitting on the beach just to drink cold beers as the guys bring it to you in a bucket, and it's just fantastic. Mm. It's a great experience. I'm a massive fan of the local Antarctica beer. That is just delicious. Yep. It goes down like water or even the fresh chop that you get from um, the uh, from the, the bars, which is basically an unpasteurized beer. So it just needs to be drunk quickly. It's designed for um, really hot weather and just it honestly just goes down like, like water. It's super light. It's fantastic. But, mate, I'm... S- it's good to be back home and drinking some good quality craft beer again because I, I do love that stuff. And right now I've got in front of me a Welder's Dog IPA um, and I'm absolutely loving it. I've had missed it. First one I've had in a couple of weeks. So it is a fantastic beer. Anything to help with the jet lag? Made a few more of those and I'll knock you right out. And put you to a nice little slumber for... For a while but they are they were a beautiful beer so i've actually got in front of me up here i, don't, I didn't bring any welders dog with me but I've got a great northern overlooking the the esplanade here and can't complain too much but i'm eager to get back and clean out the last few of the ginger ales uh, that i've got ginger beers sitting in my fridge at home but we digress we do, but I'm looking forward to i haven't tried one of those ginger beers yet and i'm looking forward to so hopefully uh I'll uh, be able to get to the store over the next week or so and pick myself up a ginger beer. I've still got a f- quite a few of the uh, the IPAs to get through and, and really, really enjoying them. Um, I, I do like a, a good IPA. Okay, so for our Welder's Dog Unpopular Opinion of the Week, JT, you go first. You've got one lined up right there. 
Yes, so my unpopular opinion of the week is that Corey Waddell, our manly second rower, is not a buy um, anymore. So, few reasons. Um, he's going to jump up big time this week. He's got a negative 58 break even. So, obviously, everyone's looking at that, and, and the cash is, is just uh, the dollar signs are flashing before everyone's eyes. But um, he's obviously gone up probably 200k or so since the start. And while you can ignore that, that's by the by, and uh, we, we shouldn't be looking at um, that in terms of whether he's a buy or not. I just don't think he's someone that you need to be buying in right now. So obviously he's going to go up big time in price. But if he stops getting the attacking stats that he's got the last two weeks, so he's got three try assists in two games, how often does that happen for a forward? Uh, given he's coming off the bench, he's likely to see maybe 40 to 50 minutes. And given his past uh, base point per game uh, output, he's probably sitting at around one one uh, point per minute. So what does that get you? 40 to 50 points from a guy that will play round 12. Uh, but if he does get that 40 to 50 points, by the time he actually hits round 12, it's possible that he could be at the same price or close to that he is right now. So people are buying this guy and he's a bench forward. So you're very, very uh, hesitant to actually put him in your starting side or starting 17 week to week. So essentially, he's going to sit there, earn a bit of cash this week, and then hopefully be a body for round 12. And I say hopefully because this game is, has been ridiculous this year in terms of what's happening with rotations and injuries and everything. So you're trying to predict something that's going to happen in, in four weeks. Obviously, he'll, he might come in and start for Jake Trebojevic, who's the only manly forward. Uh, that will play Origin, or he might not. Who knows? Like he's he's had an HIA already this year. Uh, we know how unlucky uh, these guys can be with injury. So, for a guy that you're bringing in right now, that you're not going to play week to week, and you're hoping will be there in round 12, you're putting far too much um, into a guy that's quite risky, in my view. So, I think if you've already got him, you've done fantastic, and more power to you. But anyone looking at him, I'm sure by round 12. Uh, you can possibly buy him at the same price he is now or close to, or there'll be another guy cheaper than him that'll play the same minutes for the same output. Very well put, mate. I, I agree with you as well. I mean, when you started uh, your little rant there, I um, had to go to the NRL Supercoach stats website um, to the tools area and just to look at the um, the price change calculator. And um, you're spot on. Um, if he And I reckon he's, he's going to probably... Without those attacking stats, like you said, I, I consider him to be similar to maybe like a Blake Clory coming off the bench, um, you know, producing forty-five points or so, which is which is really good. But he's already priced at three hundred and fifty-six k now, and you know, if he was to say average forty-five over the next you know four to five weeks, he's going to be back priced around about um, what he'll be. He might be up at around about four hundred and twenty k or something like that, and by the time you're looking to trade him out. So I don't know if it's really worthwhile um, that trade to bring him in. So I don't think he's going to be a massive moneymaker from here out unless he gets that starting position, um, which I just don't think he will. So, I mean, you've, you've obviously had uh, uh, Fenua Blake. He's been out suspended for the past couple of weeks, which has no doubt assisted him in those two big rounds. Um, average 60 or played 60 minutes last week, which is not going to happen. And then he's not going to have the three try assists. Um, do I think he's the worst option in the world? No. Um, covers round 12 and, you know, could play big minutes in round, in round 12 with, with Jerbo being out. But do I think he's a must? Uh, absolutely not. 
Mm. Yeah, I guess it also does depend on who you're trading him out for and uh, whether you have any other options you're foregoing just for the fact you're getting a round 12 buy. So Nick and I talked a little bit about that last last week in terms of people maybe putting too much weight on the fact that certain players are playing round 12 and whether if you look at them long term, whether that's really going to uh, be the more valuable option. So yep. um, yeah, I think definitely you've got to weigh it up in terms of who you're... Um, you're dropping him, uh, dropping for him, but yeah, I just I can't see the value in this guy um, just for the fact that he might he might play round twelve and, and you know score you fifty or sixty points at best. I mean, people... he doesn't get attacking stats, so he, he actually got some brilliant tries. The tunnel ball was great, but then the last two uh, that he got last week were fantastic balls at the line. But obviously, you can't ever bank on that happening. No, and and people have been burning lots of trades, right? I mean, I know that I've only saved one trade this year. At the end of the day, if you trade him in, he's not going to be a keeper. You're going to have to trade him back out. So is it really worth um, burning two trades on Waddell just because he covers you for round 12 and say he might earn you 50K? Um, mm. For me, that's a no. Yeah, so just hold your hand over the break even on the screen. Just pretend it's not there because if you're not playing week to week, then it doesn't matter. Um, you need to think about what his price is likely to be in a few weeks' time when he's going to be, uh, when you're going to be playing him in that round twelve. But anyway, that's that's my one. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> what is uh, what's your unpopular opinion of the week, mate? Avoid CHN is my unpopular opinion of the week. I see that he's the most traded in player um, this round after 141 score last week. He's got a massive negative break even as well for someone that's priced at 530. Around about 528,000K. I mean, the same points as what you made is that um, if you look at what his price will be coming to round 12 with 141 dropping out of the rolling average, he's probably going to be priced around about the same. So he's not a cash grab despite the negative break even. Um, I would only be trading him in if you consider him to be a keeper for your center wing. And for me personally... I've got probably about five or six other guys ahead of um, CHN uh, and therefore would not be bringing him in on on that basis um, because, you know, I've got Bateman ahead of him. I've even got CNK who potentially is going to be a center wing keeper ahead of him. Um, you've got Nakora. I've got Masters. Um, you've got the likes of a Gutherson and a Ferguson, which are going to be fantastic value over the coming weeks. And even Jared Croker this week, to me, is uh, outstanding value. He's, he's about 500K, um, back-to-back 70-plus games. And all you've got to do is look back at his the seasons in which he's scored really well, have correlated to when the Raiders have performed um, very well too. And um, they look like the real deal this year. And that could really mean that he's back to being a keeper for the center wing. So um, do I think he's the worst option? And can I understand why people are going for him? Sure. But... This year, for me, there's multiple other... um, Sorry, let me just start that again. This year, the center wings are completely different to what we've seen in the past two to three seasons where there's a lot of great base uh, options. Um, You've got multiple center wing, second row forward duels, which we haven't had. And the last couple of years have been... um, you know, completely made up by guys like Rapanas or these flashy outside backs who have just been going on these massive tears. Whereas this year we've been fortunate to be just given freebies in Bateman and Nakora, uh, and also C and K, and you potentially just saving trades in your in your centre wing by not bringing him in. 
Plus, you've got out-and-out guns like an Eason Masters who just should be in everyone's center wing. And there's your four guys locked up. So at at 527K, I would just rather spend that money on my second row and front row forwards and lock a keeper in um, rather than a you know, a Corey Herrera who, if you just look at what he did in the two scores before, he didn't score over... Um, I'm just going to have a look, but you know those scores weren't fantastic, and I believe that that's probably more what he's going to do. So he scored a 39 and a 54 in rounds five and six, base 37 and 44. Last week he had 58 in base, 37 points directly from scoring, and then 40 points from evade stats. So um, yeah, I, I I think that it's a fine line as what Carlos did say today in his buy sell hold between chasing last week's points and then looking forward as well. And I just still think that it is very much chasing last week's points, bringing CH in now. Hmm. I mean, and, and on the plus side, so I think there's a couple of reasons people are likely to be looking at him and, and that's his center wing uh, flexibility and also the fact that he'll play round 12, but um, definitely agree. So when I, uh, if you, uh, guys that we know were bringing him in, uh, Wilfred, in, in a uh, couple of weeks ago. So he was eyed off as that 80-minute um, second rower that you can slot in uh, to your center wing. But he was quite lazy uh, when, when I was watching some of his games there. So he has, a, he has a great offload and he can bust a tackle, but he was barely running it um, for those first couple of weeks um, where he was playing in the second row there. So obviously last week he went ballistic up against 500-year-old uh, Matt Scott and Gavin Cooper uh, to score a couple of his tries there, but that's that's not likely to happen uh, every week, of course. So you got to forget last week's points, as we always encourage. And uh, no, I agree with you there. He's at a very tricky price, um, and you're, you're sort of banking on him uh, nailing attacking stats because he just doesn't have the base game of, say, a Britton Nakora or a John Bateman to make him one of those... Um, more locked in sort of uh, second row centers. So no, I, I, we're doing a lot of agreeing here, but I agree with you on that. Um, he's just too high priced for what you're likely to get based on what I've seen so far. Yeah, I think the time to get on him was the last two weeks when he was you know around that 460, 470k mark. I mean, with his base is not fantastic at 42 or 43, but his base plus power brings him up to a 58. So... Uh, that's kind of um, that's where he, you know, uh, I think he does have that advantage in the base. Uh, the, so the power stats do include the the tackle bust and the offloads, and I think at the moment he's fourth or fifth in the competition for offloads. So you have to include that as part of his base, just because that's such a key component to his game. Um, so I'm not saying it's the worst. And in last year or the year before, I think he would have been a no-brainer to lock in on the basis that there were just not that many of these kind of. Uh, 80 minute edge forwards available in the second row oh, sorry in the centre wing but this year we've got a couple already so I don't think that he's a, a must and I just think that at that price of 528k you can probably spend it um, elsewhere within your um, your side I mean you look at for 40k more your 50k more you can bring in a Reese Martin or a Kikau or even a Sam Burgess and I just think those guys are just there um, season-long keepers, and I'd be much rather bringing one of them in that will also cover uh, round 12. Yeah. And I, I, last week, um, I was lucky enough to play uh, Mike Asiva. So obviously a, a winger, and that's the, we're not seeing a lot of them uh, popular this year in, in Supercoach, given we've got the jewels, as we as we mentioned. But it's, I think, nice to find a balance there of a guy who could go... Um, 
100 plus regularly because wingers score tries um, at will, especially in strong attacking teams, obviously. Um, so I think while it's great, we can lock in the likes of Bateman and uh, Nakora there for the season uh, long. I think we also need to balance it out with guys like Gutho and, and Fergo and, and those sort of guys that um, are more likely to find attacking stats every week and almost be, uh, although CHN is a pod now, like, uh, I reckon if, if people are jumping on him, he's not going to probably be in that category for much longer. So I think, yeah, we're putting too much faith in, in these um, second rowers. And you look at a guy like Kurt Capewell had a very dusty week uh, last week, but um, before that had, had gone quite well. So you just, it's, um, yeah, like you said, it would have been a, a good option last year, but I think for the value that we're finding there um, from fullbacks and, and centers and, and wingers this year, it's, it's yeah, too much money to be locking up for a guy like CHN. Yeah, absolutely. I forgot about Capel. I mean, I've got him on my side, started with him, but I put him in the exact same bracket as um, CHN. People were talking about, even last week, should we be definitely trading in Capewell at priced over 500k? And my answer to that was absolutely not as well. Mm. And um, I just don't think that they're either of them are seasonal keepers for your center wing. Um, you need those. And, and as I did say in the team's analysis today, it does sound ridiculous to say that, um, you know, you've got to be looking for other players that have a higher ceiling considering that CHN just scored 140, but I still believe that a player like a Gutherson or a Ferguson or even a Masters has a much higher ceiling than CHN um, because of that try-scoring ability that they could do or just the general attack and, and Masters with his goal-kicking as well. Um, so I think you need a balanced-out centre wing, a couple of lock-in second-row forwards like a Bateman and, and uh, Nakora that are going to produce you 60 points each week. And then you you load up on um, two outside backs that are you know could could produce a hundred and plus game every third week or fourth week or, or whatever. Yeah, and I dare say that whoever wins competition this year is going to have someone that uh, that does that for them. He's going to be able to pick he or she are going to be able to pick their center wings perfectly. Pick the wingers that go well, the centers that go well week to week. So yep. I think you do need to, to bring those players in because that's what's going to set you apart uh, in terms of final ladder standings. I think. Yep. Okay, let's jump into the two-minute minute drill. JT, have you got uh, your stopwatch ready? Give me one moment. Oh, don't, we don't have anything fancy yet. We really should have thought about um, I'll something. get a horn. I'm going to buy a horn. A cowbell? Can we get some more cowbell? Yeah, okay. I'll buy, I'll buy a cowbell. That sounds like a good <laughs> yeah. idea. All right, so let's start it off um, with the first one. And, and it's one we kind of alluded to at the start, but Zach Lomax at centre um, changes things. Um, this season, he has uh, um, been named in the reserves and then also named in the wing. Uh, now he's been finally moved to his preferred position and the position that we thought that he was going to get selected in um, pre-season. So JT, start at you, mate. Is he an option now? Oh, I just don't think so. I think given the, the coach that has done this move, you just cannot trust week to week what the hell is going to happen. Uh, when people are going to be injected off the bench. So what happens with, with you and Aitken? Like, what point is he going to get injected into the game? How long is Zach Lomax actually going to be there? So I think if he was with any other coach, maybe apart from Dean Pay in the competition, and he was named here, um, given his goal kicking and all the positives he has to his game, I think he could probably almost lock him in as a centre wing um, by this week, given his price. But given it's just... Mary McGregor and we have no clue what he's thinking and what he's going to do next week. Um, it's quite entertaining not owning these, these sort of Dragons players 
Um, but yeah, I just cannot trust that Zach Lomax is going to be there uh, for three, four, or five weeks the, that you need for him to make um, a decent price. And yeah, I, I just I can't can't pick him. All right, you've got through that, mate. Right on your minute. I'll start now. Um, so I'm on the exact same boat. Doesn't play round twelve as well, which is a killer. Um, if you just look at uh, what he's potentially going to do in price this after this week. If he scores 50, he'll go up by about 15,000. So I think that we've definitely got an opportunity just to wait and see and see how he performs in the center and then see what happens next week. Um, hopefully then we'll um, you know kind of see if it's going to be a more of a permanent shift. But in any case, I, I mean, you've still got a, a former representative center on the bench in Ewan Aiken and you've got to think that he's going to come back into first grade at some stage. Um, so who knows? And then, yeah. I don't have an idea what, what Mary Gregg is doing with that side and, and the way that he's building that bench. Um, so I think he's too much of a risk. If he was playing brand 12, um, I'd probably look at it and say, sure, uh, he's worth the gamble, but not playing brand 12 is probably someone that I'm going to miss. Cool, done. All righty, next one, Payne Haas. Is last week's score of 50 a better reflection of what his output is likely to be this year? Okay, so I'll go first on that one then. Um, I believe it is, and I, I'm fine with that. I mean, you've got 51 uh, from a guy that's but started the year priced at 100, what, 60, 180K, uh, and seen his first price rise, which is ridiculous, of 100K. Still produced 49 in base, played 63 minutes. I mean, that's still sensational. Um, for a guy that is um, in his second year of football, um, he's averaging... 60-odd minutes, 69 minutes um, for the for the three games. Um, the first two were um, inflated, but, you know, I mean, that's just tremendous stuff. So he's probably a lock-in 17 player for right now. Um, but um, you'd think that coming to round 12, then hopefully you'll, you'll have a bit more depth and he'd be um, someone that you're, you know, you're on your borderline 17. Actually, don't think he's a at least for my side and the way that I've got it. I don't have him in my uh, top seventeen. Given that I do also uh, expect that sort of 50, 55 points to be where he'll land most weeks. Uh, so obviously got a little bit of an injury history as well. So he came out of the blocks flying this year, but um, as you said, that's just not sustainable for a guy of his age. Um, but yeah, so I don't have him in there at the moment. So I've basically got him there just churning through the cash, which obviously you can't complain about, but. Uh, so the reason I put that one in here was to determine whether or not you thought he was a 17 player at the moment. So we kind of disagree there. So I didn't play him last week. So who are you picking? Who are you picking ahead of him? So I actually had a look then. So I've gone Marty Tapao, Sean Lane uh, in my second row there, Kalen Ponga, and I'm tossing up between Haas and Ockenbor here. I've gone Ockenbor uh, for now just because I think he um, he's up against Manly, who are a little weakened. Uh, they're at at Lotto land, but I reckon Ockenbohr could be in for another decent game here. And I'd rather the upside of, of Ockenbohr, I'm willing to wear a 30 or so from him uh, if it means the difference between him and Haas is 20, just for the fact that he can go 100. Well, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, if you look at what the um, the what Manly have conceded this year, they've, they've actually conceded the least amount of points to centre wings um, so far. So you are taking a little bit of a gamble there with Ockenbohr, I think. Hmm. Uh, I saw him last week. I mean, he's got the errors in his game, but I do like his attacking prowess. So I'm uh, backing, him, backing him in for another good one here. 
All right, let's move along. We've gone over. Um, your boy, mate, uh, Morgo, hold or sell? Yeah, I had him obviously as a hold because I'm a cowboy and Morgo lover. But the more I thought about it, the more um, I was sort of almost leaning towards a sell. Um, so I looked at a couple of his stats this year. So home be away. So he goes to town when we're playing up in Townsville. So he's hit a 67 average to start the year versus a 43 when we're away from home. Uh, so we all know how poorly the Cowboys have started the year and we're 15th for points scored. So uh, the more games we have at home and we, if we can turn it around in some way, um, yeah, that, I think that sort of comes down to whether or not you think he's a hold or sell, how you think the Cowboys are going to fare for the rest of the year. So obviously the optimist in me um, sees us bouncing back in some way and Morgo obviously being front and centre of that given he's the dominant playmaker in the side. Um but I think for what he's churned out so far, he's he's definite hold uh, on that basis. Unless you have a way to go to a guy like Nathan Cleary this week. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so that Nathan Cleary trade was one that I was looking at last week, but decided against it. Um, and I'm, I'm quite happy with that, considering that Morgo produced 62 points last weekend. Um, I mean, I will probably definitely, well, I'll definitely hold him now at least until round 12. And, and then I'm I'm hoping that Cody Walker has a down game and then I can just do the straight swap there. Uh, and you've also got a, a Sean Johnson who's going to be very, very cheap um, leading into, into um, round 16, which he plays and Morgan misses, um, considering he's just had that, that five-point game. And, uh, you know, Johnson is is an out-and-out keeper, whereas Morgan's kind of borderline averaging 57 points this year. So I'll hold him at least till round 12, see what happens. Uh, If if Walker is affordable, which he's absolutely not at the moment, then I'll make that trade. Otherwise, I might just hold Morgan past round 12 and then look to move him on for Sean Johnson after that. Yeah, essentially weighing up Morgo's potential, which we bought bought into in the preseason versus guys like S. Shane Cleary, who are proven guns so we're sort of waiting and, and hoping Morgo turns into that but who knows yeah but it's also that Morgo is going to miss two games right compared to uh, the other guys missing one um Cleary will, will miss two as well but um I think when you weigh that up there's more points than the other guys so all right uh Nathan Cleary so we've already kind of discussed him a little bit I'll just go quickly on him I mean I think his value was when a couple of weeks ago when he was priced at 500k now it's getting too close to the buy rounds. He's going to miss two playing. He's hit form. He's going to get selected for New South Wales. He's back up close to 600K. I mean, I am going to bypass him probably now until the end of the rep round. Uh, what about you? I don't think he's he's a must right now, but um, I think he's a definite good trade-in whenever you, whenever you can or whenever you have the funds and there's no other fires to put out. So um, he was another one like you I was looking at um, last week, but I had too much else to do so he jumped up about 50 50k with that um that effort but he's i was originally holding off on him um to start the year just because sharing the ball with a guy like james maloney means that there's a lot less opportunities to um nab some attacking stats so if you compare him to the likes of morgan who runs the team uh cherry evans who runs the team and also i guess guys like they're very similar in the way that they play to Cody Walker and um, Adam Reynolds. So there's no one really dominant in, in either the Panthers or South teams there. And that can sometimes hurt uh, players week to week in terms of what they can churn out. One week Maloney might be up, one week Cleary might be up. But I think they're now just looking like they're starting to find that balance that they had last year. And I think you can sort of discount that uh, when you're looking at, at Cleary. So I think the fact that he's a goal kicker and, and all that 
great stuff and he's got such a good attacking game makes him um you, know, you, you can't ever discredit someone for buying him at any point this season regardless of the fact that he's playing origin um so yeah i mean uh, like he's not mate you've, you've well and truly gone over your minute now you've really, <laughs> they need so that buzzer. Made it the, the, the three minute drill yeah no that's that's yeah all right let's we'll move along let's move along reese martin <laughs> reese martin a trade in or not uh, not for me this week. Um, I think you can sort of wait and, and see what uh, happens with him. He'll be a great buyer to have uh, for round 12 if he uh, continues to play starting lock and, and doing what he does. But got knocked around a little bit last week, but still uh, pulled out uh, that try assist and, and a few other stats to, to bump him up. So, uh, But I, I'm not in any rush to, to get him, but I know that more than likely uh, you'll need to be bringing him in uh, prior to round 12. All right, so you've made up a little bit of time then. Um, I will be looking to bring him in. Um, it's just when I can do it. So right now I'm sitting on probably about 558,000 available cash. Um, can um, probably bring him in in, I'd say, maybe a week um, just with the way that his break evens at 83. So he's probably going to drop a little bit in cash. Um, so, yeah, I would say that... Um, that if he does get named again this week, which he has, but then next week, uh, you've got to be relatively comfortable that he's going to be the starting lock, at least for round 12, and just with what he's what he's done. So if you have a look at his stats so far, um, he hasn't missed a beat since he's come back, except for that one game in round six where he scored a 32. He's had 65, 70, 69, and 84. So that's his keeper, bang, 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 and you've got to um, lock those guys into your your starting side. So uh, I won't be bringing him in this week just because I can't make it happen, but uh, maybe next week that Lowry to uh, to Martin trade will be on. Yep. Cows are fattening and ready to be shopped off. They are. Okay, so Billy Army Kikau. Uh, he obviously missed the first couple of weeks, JT, but he's shaping up pretty nicely now and has produced a couple of big games and will cover round 12. Is he a trade-in? Oh uh, no! Again, like I don't, I wouldn't bring him in uh, this week, and it's someone I want to keep an eye on uh, for round twelve because obviously we all know what he can do. But he's still, uh, he's got a, a low-scoring game in him. So last week he was saved by that um, sort of amazing try that he got uh, late in the second half to to bump his score up to to where he ended up landing on, I think, in the nineties. Um, but I, I just don't think he's got uh, keeper written all over him just yet, especially at the price. He is. So um, if we're talking Martin V. Kikau, uh, hypothetically, I would be going more uh, with a proven week-to-week guy like Martin over a Kikau. But I think definitely if you're looking at round 12, we always talk about this, but weakened defensive lines. It's exactly what a guy like Kikau can, can feast on. So uh, definitely for round 12, but again, no rush. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence with Kikau, and I know that's not what... Um, people really want to hear but um, the real concern to me is just the reduced minutes so last year he was an 80 minute player so um, I'm just going to have a look at average minutes there's a few games which he um, I think came off the bench but um, low largely he was playing the big minutes last year this year um, he played 63 minutes last round and then the week before it was 78 but that should have been a lot less it was just that injury that so he was brought straight back on and his base is, uh, I think, four down on what it was last year too. Um, so he's only hitting 38 base points per game now. And then with the reduced minutes, it is a concern. And then if you look at what he did on the weekend with the 88, 
Um, a considerable amount of those points were scored in the play in which he did produce that try. So it is concerning. Um, but, you know, he's got that break even now of 70. So he's also another another one so we don't need to bring in now. Um, but he's just, just wait and see with him to see what happens this week. And if he does play the reduced minutes again, um, that I'll probably be just letting him go. He has scored two tries in five games as well. Um, and maybe that's just a, a key facet of his game. Hmm. Uh, he's an attacking beast, so he will get these regular attacking stats. So I don't think you can uh, look too deeply into that, but yeah, definitely wait and watch. Okay, so one of the more popular players, um, or someone's been producing the goods in recent weeks up until last round, is Kurt Capewell. So uh, he produced a score of 34. Before that, it was a 77, 91, and 65. He's obviously been a key benefactor with Wade Graham um, not being in the side, playing 80 minutes on the edge every game except for last week. Is he a trade-out, JT, or do we just hold him until Wade Graham returns? I think you'd probably hold him until Wade Graham returns. So he had a shocker last week. So he missed about seven or eight tackles and just couldn't get anything going as as the Sharks couldn't. Um, But I think he's not... He's, he's a week to week. You can play him in your, your 17 if he's in your centres. Like, I don't think there's any issue there. I wouldn't be too worried about Price falling off a cliff or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, he's probably the one to go when Wade Graham gets back. But as we mentioned at the start of the podcast, we're still you know, clear on when that is likely to be. So definitely, unless there's some amazing trade that you can pull out this week, uh, if you were to get rid of him for whatever reason, I wouldn't be uh, touching him. I think he's too safe a player to have um, for right now at least for the next few weeks or so. So last week was obviously a disaster. Forget about that. Um, I think he's got a fair bit of upside, but yeah, he's definitely one you'll trade out eventually, but just not now. Yep, I do agree with what you've said there as well. We are agreeing a lot on the podcast oh, nice. tonight. But, uh, that's, <laughs> nice. that's uh, Yeah, it is nice, but I, I do like to disagree with you from time to time as well. So hopefully we can find something that which we uh, which we don't see eye to eye on. But um, yeah, I mean, last week ignored that. Played 64 minutes, um, and all of his points. All of his all of his points came from base. I mean, the two weeks prior to that, it was 63 and 61 in base alone. Um, so you know, you just got to look at that and go, well, why would you trade him out? He's averaging 58. Um, at least hold him until Graham comes back because you know what, you don't know what's going to happen. Is is Graham going to replace Nakora or is he going to play, replace Capewell? And then if he replaces Nakora, then potentially you've traded out the wrong guy. Yep. So that's that's why we say, as Nick says, wait and see. One to one to watch. Yeah, one to watch. But um, yeah, no rush. I'll be holding him um, probably at least until the buy, and just um, we'll hold. I'm hopefully going to hold the two trades this week. I need to say some. I've been burning a lot. So. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a one that I've been you know tempted to maybe make that trade to say a, a CHM, but I just think it's too sideways. Yep, fair call. Five minute drill over. We're we're done, mate. We're done. Um, okay, so what are you doing for your vice captain this week? Right, I've taken a little bit of a punt here. Um, it was originally just going to be Safe City with Damian Cook in the Thursday night game, but I've gone my boy. I've gone Michael Morgan. BC, I'm up against the Titans Friday night at home. Like if this is. This is the round we've just got to start putting our shit together. Um, sick of watching us bumble around. We look absolutely uh, hopeless. And I reckon we needed a team like the Titans who can uh, give up a lot of points uh, to turn it around. And I reckon if, if we do, Morgo is going to be front and centre of that. It's going to get, he's going to ton up. 
calling it now. He's turning up. So who's who's your non-playing reserve? Uh, I've got a couple in there. So I've got Dylan Brown who I can slot in. Let me just bring the team up here. Um, a little bit difficult there having him in uh, the 5-8 role. But if I pull that there. Yeah, I mean, I could move out. I would need to move out uh, Cameron Munster to play him, which obviously isn't ideal. Um, yeah, so it, uh, my only option is Dylan Brown. So Morgo's got to do something, uh, go ballistic essentially, to, to make that worthwhile. But you know, he has, of looking at everyone in my team, I reckon he's the guy that could do it more than anyone. Yeah, I, I don't have any um, VC options this week, so I've just got none uh, next to the run sheet for that. Um, my only non-playing reserve is Britain at the moment from the Rabbitohs, um, and they play on the Friday night. So um, I will not spend any time thinking about five VC options this week. Um, but if I did, I'd probably Morgan's not a bad shout, uh, and then also Damien Cook um, is an option. And then the mighty uh, Bryce Cartwright, mate, up against your your boys uh, is also a, a potential potential shot too. Um, Captain, what are you thinking? Oh, I've gone Teddy. This week, um, I haven't played him as captain all year, and I reckon he's due a, a big game here. So he's playing the Tigers, who have been pretty reasonable in um, defence and uh, at the SCG, where it can get a bit slippery and all that. But uh, I can just see him scoring a couple of a tries here against the old club. Um, weather looks to be a, okay that Saturday. Looking at the app now, but uh, yeah, I reckon I'm, I'm backing him in for a, a big one here. That's interesting. Um, probably someone a risk that I'm not going to take. I just don't like the game at SCG. I just, um, I just don't think that uh, I'd need to have a look at what he's produced there. But the tur- the turf is just um, shocking. I can't wait till they s- just move away from there. And also, the Tigers have conceded the uh, uh, I think the eleventh least amount of points um, to fullbacks as well. So um, I. Um, don't see him having a massive game or he produces 70 or 80, which is fine, uh, maybe. Mm. But um, I'll be just locking in Jake Tavojevic again. He um, was great for me last weekend with the 79. And I just don't see any, like, too many outstanding options this week. I mean, if you look at um, Fafita, they're playing the, the Sharks playing the Storm. Um, so he might have a quiet game. Um, Damian Cook is the other one, but then the Broncos haven't conceded that many points to hookers this year. Um, I mean, I really like Ponger against um, the Warriors, but that's that's always a risk. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a very difficult week for captain options. Um, mm. Maybe Roger Tuivasa-Sheku against the Knights, but I don't own him. Um, but yeah, it is a difficult week. So I'll locking in Jake Trevojevic, anything over 65, um, 70 points is fine as a captain. Yeah, you bloody top 1Ks can be as boring as you like with your captain like that. Jerbo is a very boring pick, mate. That's why I need to go the likes of Teddy to make up this ground. Yeah. If, he, if he hits 120 and Jerbo hits, you know, 65 ish like he's been doing, then that's that's where I'll catch you, mate. So yes, sadly yes. need to start throwing these hail marys out. It's only round eight. Well, I mean, my biggest decision this week is who's going to be in my 17 because at the moment um, I've got a pretty stacked interchange. So I've got um, Black Laurie, um, Haas. Um, well, these are my non-playing reserves at the moment. Um, Laurie, Haas, um, you got Lane, Burr, uh, Cardi, Capewell, Ockenbore, and, um, and Sherry. Um, and two of those need to become uh, my reserve. So um, it's a difficult week because a few of those could go either way. So I'll um, 
pick between a Capewell and a Haas probably. Um, and then, you know, you got an Ockenberg and a Lane, although you got Cardi versus your boys as well. So, um, interesting. You won't pick Cardi, mate. Don't do it. <laughs> mate, you've been, you've seen, saying that, you've been saying that all year, and uh, he's been one of the buyers of the year. What buy? Uh, I wouldn't put him up there, but he's been a very surprising one. Please, please, ex- please explain to me in any terms how Cartwright hasn't been a very good buy this year. Buy of the year? Not buy of the year, but a very buy. good buy. So he's gone up in price by 160k. He's covering round 12, playing 80 minutes on the edge, and he's currently uh, got a three-round average of over 60. And he threw some ridiculous inside ball for a 80th-minute try assist to bump him from a 30 to a 60. Like, he's a dud, mate. You've gotten so lucky. And I re- it was funnier when he stuffed up when you brought him in, and it's just been downhill. We owe you a stake now. I just don't want to speak about Cardi. 50, 51, 64, and 66 in the past <sighs> three weeks. Uh, he's got produced base of 40 and 44. Um, the man is doing it. If his name wasn't Bryce Cartwright, I swear, <laughs> I swear you'd be saying, oh, yeah, I uh, best buy. Love, love to bringing him in. Wonder watch. Wonder watch. <laughs> Do fantastic. No, don't play him. Yeah, it's interesting. But that's that's my biggest decision of the week. So I'm going to be, um, at the moment, holding my trades. Um, and what about you? Are, you? are you looking to trade anyone in this weekend? Uh, so I've carried Jake Friend since the start of the year. So he's uh, got to go this week or doesn't necessarily have to go, but he's one I'm uh, thinking of moving out for Wade Egan at the Panthers. So he's 200K-ish, um, doing a, a decent job there without going uh, too massive to start. But I think he's um, he's passed the eye test for me. He looks dangerous with the ball in hand. Um, just hasn't translated to points just yet, but... Yeah, it's, it's potentially one I can sit on for a few weeks or go uh, this time around. It's, it's kind of the positive about having a guy like Friend who's out for the season. Uh, you can sort of pick your moment when you need to trade him. Um, but yeah, so aside from that, there's no one I'm, uh, else that I'm looking at buying. So I'll save at least one trade this week, which feels good. I've been burning on like crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm going to be hoping to, hoping to hold uh, this week, which would be good. All right, mate. Well, I think that's it. Um, it's been a good podcast. Thanks for um, joining. Uh, I know it's been a bit difficulty with um, I mean, me coming back and, and you being in Cairns, um, but I think it's been good. I think we've got there. So thanks, mate. Enjoy the rest of your time up there and, and uh, enjoy your time back home this weekend too. Thank you very much, mate. Back on the tablelands. But I'll be at Gilligan's tonight. Uh, oh. Midweek little session there. So Excellent. We'll Excellent. Hopefully I survive the night. Nice one. All right, mate. I'll catch you later. Cheers, mate. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.